Hey everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. After 2020, you'd think not much could surprise us in the news cycle, but early into 2021, it still seems as though this year may have some surprises up its sleeve. Did anyone have stock market rebellion on their 2021 bingo card? Well, last week, users on a Reddit message board sent shares of the video game retailer GameStop absolutely soaring. The stock peaked after a 400% gain in value. One of the goals was to stick it to Wall Street hedge fund executives who have been criticized for years for taking reckless bets, for exploiting the financial system for their own game, and for leaving regular folks trounced in their path. But what's the real end result of all of this? What are the long-term effects of infusing so much money into a business that, frankly, is likely to soon go the way of the VCR repair shop? GameStop sells video games and video game systems, something that most people buy over the internet these days. And are we looking at a new era of stock market activism here that could change some of the ways our entire financial system works? Here to help us sort it all out is Hannah Denham. She is a business reporter with The Washington Post who has been all over this story. Hannah, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks so much for having me. So for folks who are not absolutely up on this or how it all works, give us a quick synopsis of what exactly has been going on with GameStop stock. Sure. So we started paying attention, really paying attention to this story last week, but it it started before then. The start of you know GameStop's January rally. We can trace it back to August, um, actually, when the co-founder of online pet supply company Chewy shared that he had a major stake um, in GameStop. After that, um, we saw the company really targeted by short sellers who are investors that um, work to profit off a company's fall or failure. Um, GameStop. AMC, several other companies that we're now seeing rallying this week. And after that was done by hedge fund managers, um, a subreddit um, called Wall Street Bets, this group of investors that are largely anonymous, but um, they decided, okay, let's rally behind GameStop. You know, we can decide um, how we want to invest our dollars. We can push back against what they view as market manipulation. Um, so they rallied behind GameStop, other companies. Um, these were all companies, A, that were targeted by short sellers, but B, that were also really struggling financially um, before the pandemic, but especially now. Um, and so in the last week, we've seen extreme volatility, um, but also just crazy gains. Um, GameStop, you know, like you said, 400% increase in one week. Um, but over the past month, the company's value has reached nearly $20 billion. It just doesn't make sense, but this is where we are now. <laughs> and, and so the thing that's interesting, or one of the things I should say that's interesting to me here is that you had a, a group of small investors essentially acting together in the same way that big institutional investors act to try to manipulate the market. And those big institutional investors are now angry because they're saying, well, this is, this is not right. There's something, there's something wrong with what, uh, with what these small investors did. Talk about 
the the dynamic there and and whether there is a point to to complaining about about what's what's happening there is the question of of course overvaluing the stock of a company that doesn't have uh, inherent value in a lot of people's eyes but but talk about this interplay between big institutional investors and smaller investors who if they band together can really act in the same manner Right. I think that's the most interesting part of this story. So what we're seeing is day traders um, on this subreddit, Wall Street Bets. Um, the, the important thing to note here is, you know, they are largely anonymous. So there's no way to truly tell how experienced these investors are. You know, these are, I think, millions of, of participants on this message board and, and who knows how many are actually investing. But it seems like largely they are retail investors. You know, these are not experienced. These are not professional people people. Um, and they are rallying together and some have, you know, called themselves sort of sort of individuals working together and acting as another kind of hedge fund. Um, but they see this as, um, you know, sticking it to the man. They see this as sort of a financial democratized rebellion against institutional Wall Street. And hedge fund managers are angry, A, because they're losing money, but also because these short sellers, they're now having to pay more because the stock hasn't retreated like they expected. So they're having to purchase more shares at inflated prices just to keep up with the rally. So that's sort of the financial impact and dynamic that we're seeing here. And of course, this is being cast as kind of a David and Goliath style standoff that that the, the smaller investors are standing up to this this very large and powerful uh, other lobby is—is is that an accurate portrayal of what's going on? And I guess even even further, does it have the sort of moral outcome of the David and Goliath uh, dynamic? In other words, does this mean that these small investors are winning, and and that uh, that the big bad uh, you know institutional investors are losing? And and is that is that an outcome that that I guess uh, small investors uh, who are you know individual investors could could sort of relish and 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 appreciate? Well, I think what they're what the what this communicates here is is this points out sort of a double standard of how these retail investors see it. You know, hedge fund manager short sellers, um, they are, you know, market manipulation is part of the game. But when, you know, like you said, when a bunch of ordinary, ordinary people um, on a social media forum gather together um, and say, we're going to rally behind these specific companies, all of a sudden, you know, people are crying, you know, illegal, unethical, this is unfair. Um, so I think that's, that's how how, that's sort of the point of all this is, you know, I don't know what the ripple effect will be on the broader market. I don't know that this will have a heavy impact. I don't know that this will truly take down Wall Street. But I think if anything, it it brings up this conversation. And I think what's been complicated by this David and Goliath story that, you know, this is what the investors are repeating themselves. That's what they're calling this. They do see this in an activist way. Though some just see it as a way to make some quick money really fast. Um, <laughs> but um, what they're saying is, you know, this is this is big. This is why we're doing this. And and I think what complicates that is sort of the role of brokerage firms in this. We saw a lot of um, an, a lot of sort of pushback and controversy last week of some companies like Robinhood and Interactive Brokers, you know, limiting um, buys and sells of these shares, um, jumping in in the way of these investors. And so that's sort of that sort of complicates the story. Mm. 
I'm talking with Hannah Denham. She's a Washington Post national business reporter who has been all over the story of GameStop and the unbelievable explosion in its stock over the last few weeks, 400% as a group of very small investors kind of banded together uh, to push back against big institutional vest investors who had shorted the stock, thinking that the company uh, was was not uh, going to make it, uh, essentially is a company that doesn't have much of a future. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. What do you think of this effort to drive up stock prices for GameStop and other companies that big Wall Street short sellers bet against? Are you cheering them on as a way to get back at traders who've played dangerous games with the stock market for their own benefit for a really long time? Or do you worry about possible unintended effects of this kind of market behavior? We especially want to hear from you if you're someone who has been involved in these efforts. Did you buy GameStop? Uh, and have you made a lot of money off of uh, this surge? Uh, or are you somebody who's really confused by all of this and uncertain that you want your finances wrapped up in this kind of uh, Gambling. It is gambling. It is legal gambling, of course, but uh, uh, the stock market is a form of risk taking, financial risk taking. As always, the number here on the phones is 313 577 1019. That's 313 577 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work you into the conversation. Also, give us a call and let us know what you think of the outsized attention to the markets that we give anyway. Are you somebody who who believes that this is a sign of dangerous capitalism, of uh, over-reliance of capitalism uh, in, in its sort of rawest form uh, to sustain our economy? And would you like us to move a little bit away from that and, and perhaps develop some other methods of investing in companies or returning – uh, profits and things to uh, to investors. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, Hannah, I want to talk about the unintended consequences here, some of which I think uh, we, we can already point to. When we talk about big institutional investors and, and hedge funds, we tend to think of the billionaires who operate those funds but the money that they're using and the money that they're investing often comes from much smaller investors uh, and, and people who, who are relying on that money uh, in a really different way. So pension funds, for instance, often make up uh, a lot of the capital in, in hedge funds, uh, retirement funds of, of other kinds. And so in that way, this GameStop uh, incident doesn't just reward small investors. It hurts some small investors too, doesn't it? Right. It does. And, and, and I think you're right that to, it's important here to sort of capture the ripple effect that this has. It's not just this one bad guy at the top, you know, <laughs> these companies, you know, are, are, are stacked their hierarchies. And, and it's also, you know, for, for invest retail investors, even who are already invested in GameStop and AMC. Um, I was talking to like a, a Wall Street Bets Reddit investor the other day, and he was saying, you know, I kind of feel bad for these guys that were already, you know, invested in these companies had nothing to do with sort of this Reddit rally, but are all of a sudden, be, you know, their holdings are just being swept up in this wave. Um, that's why it's important here, I think, to not paint 
um, anyone with a with a broad brush, either the you know the hedge fund managers or the the invest the these activist investors. Mm. And, and what about GameStop itself? So this is a company that I think you know a lot of people look at and 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 think, as I said in the open, that it's just reaching obsolescence, and and it's a company that unless it comes up with a pretty substantial reinvention model could could go away now all of a sudden its stock is worth uh you know 400 times what it was just uh, a few weeks ago is that healthy for the market but also what does that mean for GameStop yeah I think I think a lot of people are just holding their breath to see what happens this week with these shares how GameStop how AMC Blackberry Nokia how these other sort of dated um, struggling companies that have been swept up in this this unprecedented rally will be affected. I mean, GameStop alone, you know, when I, I mentioned the co-founder of um, Chewy shared in August that he had major stake in the company, Ryan Cohen, he's been part of leading GameStop to sort of de-emphasize the sort of legacy, you know, 90s brick brick and mortar, go up and buy your video game, um, localized um, business concept and sort of focus instead, pivot the focus into digital sales, esports and mobile gaming. But even before, you know, the coronavirus pandemic, the GameStop was struggling. And since then, you know, it's posted five out of six of its past quarters posted um, consecutive losses. Um, AMC is in a similar, similar boat, BlackBerry, Nokia, all these other, um, so-called Reddit stocks are in this, are in this boat. So I think it's just, um, it's just, I think we're all wondering the same thing, you know, how is this sustainable? Not really. How, so how long can it last? Mm. Is this perhaps a way for GameStop to take a bunch of money that's been invested in it and reinvent itself? I mean, is it, is it uh, possibly a lifeline to that company? It could be potentially. Um, my my colleagues at the Post are, are are sort of looking into that today. You know, what does this mean for GameStop? I feel like <laughs> we haven't really asked them. You know, like what does this what does this mean? What do they see in their future, and is this actually helping them or not? So I think that's something that I'm looking forward to their coverage um, today because it'll be interesting to read more. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to continue this conversation. Uh, about the markets, about GameStop, and about investors, both big and small. We're going to keep uh, Hannah Denham with us, and we will get to some of your calls. Bradley in Gross Point, uh, Bernadette in Old Redford. We'll start with you when we get back. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is always the number here on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Your city. Your town. Your voice. On 1019 WDET. Detroit's NPR station. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Hannah Denham. She's a Washington Post national business reporter who has been writing quite a bit about GameStop, uh, a stock that was not very valuable just a few 
weeks ago, but has increased more than 400% since then uh, due to a movement by a bunch of individual investors who all decided uh, to buy that stock as a way of pushing back against big institutional investors like hedge funds that had shorted GameStop, thinking that it wasn't a business that had much of a future. Of course, that's a shakeup on Wall Street. It's uh, something that saw these big institutional investors lose a lot of their money and a lot of smaller investors gain. Is that the way this should work? Is that a sign of some new activism that will change the balance of power on Wall Street uh, and in our in our economy? Or is this uh, reckless behavior that leads to the kind of instability that might see people more skeptical about investing their money uh, in the stock market? We want to hear from you as well this hour about uh, all of this. Uh, do, you, uh, do you participate in the stock market? Are you somebody who invests in the stock market? either uh, through a retirement fund or uh, just as an individual investor. Are you somebody who invested in this GameStop surge and made a lot of money? What do you think of uh, that dynamic? What do you think of the idea of trying to wrest some of the power away from big institutional uh, investors? Uh, Also, give us a call and let us know uh, if this all just mystifies you. If you're somebody who is reading these stories and just really doesn't understand what's going on and whether it discourages you from putting your money into uh, the stock market. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or Twitter. Put comments there. We'll work you into the conversation. In a little bit, we're going to talk with uh, Mike Lee, who is the managing editor of Crane's Detroit Business. He's written a piece titled In the Game of Life, A GameStop Moment, uh, about his conversations with his 18-year-old son, Gavin, who is also going to join us. And he's one of these new investors who bought shares of GameStop uh, next week. Let's go to Bradley in Gross Point. Bradley, welcome to the show. Hi, Stephen. Thank you for having me. Sure. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to call in. I've been a member of uh, the Wall Street Bets Reddit group for a couple of years now, and I do own uh, shares of GameStop. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say I appreciate how you and Hannah have discussed the subreddit because I've seen it vilified and framed in different and interesting ways in uh, <laughs> all the articles. Like, it's interesting to see a community that I'm a member of get so much attention. Huh. So, so Bradley, I have to say it's not a community that I know a lot about. And so uh, part of the reason I'm not, you know, describing it in, in negative or particularly positive terms is that, you know, I just, I, I don't have enough knowledge, I think, to, to, to characterize it. But, but since you are a member, uh, you tell me what, what that community stands for and, and, and why you're a member of it. What, and what do you feel like you, you get from being a member of that community? So uh, I'll start off by saying I'm not a representative of it in sure, any way. It's sure. a decentralized group of people who uh, really just talk about stocks. And uh, some do the research, some try to hype it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I find it interesting to see a lot of individuals' investment strategies talked about openly because oftentimes we're very vague with our own personal finances. Mm. So, so do you feel like you're able to learn – a lot of things about investing in the market from from that group? Uh, 
I would say yes, but you have to have a critical eye because as with anything on the Internet, uh, it's not necessarily true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bradley, I'm really glad you called because uh, I, I think it's really interesting to hear from the inside you know how all this how all this works, uh, Hannah Denham. It it occurs to me that that's one of the virtues here is uh, of this kind of uh, this kind of investment group is that there's there's no there's no hurdle to entry, right? Anybody can can do it, and if you're cautious enough with uh, with your own money and and reading as Bradley says with a skeptical eye, you can actually. Uh, not just learn what's going on, but but benefit from the market in a way uh, that that uh, other people might not. Right, that's definitely correct. I mean, I've talked with dozens of Wall Street bets investors over the past couple of days, and I've heard from such a range of experience in investing. I've heard from so many college students, eighteen-year-olds who have never invested before this, but they're learning as they go, and you know, maybe taking some risks as they go. But I've also heard from you know, um, women, a woman in her sixties who is a former stock analyst that is normally extremely conservative with her investments, but she's having so much fun with this. She knows what she's doing and she knows the risk but she's you know banking off of off of this rally from GameStop so so the the range of experience I think and 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 life experience is really interesting here and I think you're right Bradley that it does sort of represent this intersection of of uh, it removes the hurdles to um this sort of information this sort of discussion and I think that's a great sort of forum to have yeah yeah, Bradley. Again, thanks very much for calling in. Let's go to Bernadette in Old Redford. Bernadette, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stephen. A million years ago, I worked for a bank, and one of the attractions was that after being vested, um, I would be guaranteed a pension. Mm-hmm. Then things changed uh, with other companies, and I was given a million investment options through an IRA. I'm especially concerned because as I see this kind of volatility, I wonder what does this mean for my pension or my investment outside of the pension arena? Yeah. Uh, Bernadette, I think that's a really wonderful perspective to add to this. I mean, uh, so much has changed in terms of the way that Americans think about investing, but but also uh, think about retirement. Right, uh, and of course, the two are are inextricably linked. It used to be that you didn't have to worry about those things because you were going to get a pension that, in some cases, might be close to uh, the equivalent of your full salary once you retired. So many places don't have that now. I, I can't think of almost any place that I know of that uh, that still has that kind of pension in place for for employees. And so now, you've got to you've got to manage your own <clears throat> money in in many ways and figure out uh, how to how to retire. Uh, Hannah Denham, uh, address what Bernadette's talking about in the context of this really volatile incident on on Wall Street. Great, Bernadette. Thank you so much for sharing. I was just taking a note um, from what you're saying. What does this mean for my pension? Because I, I think that's something we have not covered. Um, uh, we have not investigated. So that's definitely something I want to look into. And I think I'm sure many others like you are wondering the same thing. So that's something um, we'll definitely look into. Yeah, yeah. And in bigger terms, you know, there there is this this discussion going on in the country, of course, about income inequality 
uh, that that bumps up against all of uh, all of these issues on Wall Street, where you have uh, not just volatility, but but you know exploitation in in some cases. Uh, but but you also have um, this 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 question about whether we should be doing things differently, uh, whether we should be securing more for people uh, who don't have. Uh, lots of resources, and it seems to me that this incident implicates all of that in in, in some ways. It makes us it's, it's just a, a chance to kind of pause and think about: Are there things we ought to be doing differently? Right. I think it really does sort of highlight this this dichotomy of two economies that are really the same, right? Being a business reporter means every week I write about the stock market, but I also write about people facing eviction. I write about debt. I write about, you know, people who can't afford diapers and groceries and mm. are having to steal instead. So it is really jarring to to jump from story to story because this is this is all one one America, right? But these are two different um two different narratives that are really um converging. It is bizarre to watch the market just skyrocket mm-hmm. in the past past 10 months and but that's where despite the pandemic and recession but that's that's how this works um and i think more and more people are sort of seeing that highlighted difference yeah yeah uh, again 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones let's go to kelly in east detroit kelly what's on your mind hi hi, hi Stephen. thanks so much um i'm a redditor who's been a um follower of wall street bets and of cryptocurrencies for some time now so mm. i've been watching this kind of grow and develop through all of its stages. And the point I wanted to make is one that isn't being talked about, and that's the recirculation of money into society due to this Wall Street bets explosion. Those that have already cashed in and gotten some of their money back and really earned some money, it started out with reports coming in of I've paid off all of my student loans finally, I've paid off my house mortgage finally. And now it's turning into reports of today I went and bought six Nintendo Switches and three PS5s and gave it right to the children's hospital. Mm. And today I bought heart surgery for my neighbors that have been trying to pay for this. I was able to give that to them. So we're already recirculating the money, whereas the hedge fund managers would just be still sitting on it. So that's That's an angle that I don't think gets talked about. Yeah, no, that's a super interesting angle uh, to talk about. And it mirrors the the dynamic in, in other parts of the economy, for instance, when we talk about uh, things like whether to give big tax breaks at the upper income brackets or uh, to figure out ways to pump money into the pockets of people at, in lower income brackets and what the difference is and what happens to that money, right? Uh, you, you, you give money uh, to people who have uh, unmet economic needs and they spend it and that means it recirculates in the economy. You give money to people at the top of the economy, they they go and invest it. They don't need to spend it that way. And and I think what you're talking about here on the stock market is uh, it's kind of a mirror of that. Uh, Hannah, react to uh, what what Kelly's talking about. Yeah, thank you, uh, Kelly, so much for sharing that perspective. And I think it's not something you know unless you're um, in these communities, in these subreddit, um, subreddit forums. So I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, I've heard from other investors as well who just joined Wall Street Bets and other 
um, similar investing related um, subreddits around March, February, March, when the pandemic started, a lot of people lost their jobs and um, they're looking for another form of income, um, another stream um, and started investing then. And I think that um, it's interesting to see sort of the different places people come from. And I think, you know, it shows that you, it does require capital to be part of this <laughs> free market. Yeah. But I, that involves also some sort of knowledge about resources, but that also involves, you know, what you do with those resources once um, you have them. So I appreciate you sharing that that sort of difference of perspective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- again, Kelly, thanks very much for the call. Let's go to another Kelly, this one in Ontario. Kelly, welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Um, hi. I um, my husband and I invested in a marijuana company in Leamington, Ontario, about three years ago, and the the um, city planner had told us about it and knew the the grower. They used to grow tomatoes, so it was called the tomato capital of the world. Hmm. And uh, all the investors or all our financial advisors, nobody told us to do it, and we went up. 250,000 American and we thought it was going to keep going so we left it it went back down but now it's back up again wow. so I'm just wondering why people aren't just dumping this and running or are they in it for a long run um, we just invested through Ameritrade so we're not that's the only thing we really invest in so I'm just wondering how that works and why people why isn't going down really fast now as people are trying to get as out. As people trying to get out, right. Uh, Kelly, uh, uh, just so I have this clear, you are you have not disinvested or, or sold the stocks that you bought uh, and you're holding on to them, is that right? Yes, yes, yeah. and it's gone back up. Right, so so why, why are you holding on to it? Why haven't you cashed out? I think because we knew we had good advice from the beginning mm-hmm. and – when it went down is when it became legal. So I think it was everybody had their everybody had their hopes up, and then there was that controversy of when it becomes legal, is the government going to be able to um, distribute it, or sure. you know, all that kind of it? Um, they didn't know what was going to happen. So, right. but we were, but we were, um, we just had, had a lot of faith in it, and we were in it for the long run. Yeah, you see it so as a, a long-term it. investment. Yeah, uh, Kelly, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you called and, and shared that. Uh, Anna, why haven't people cut and run on the GameStop stock and sent it plummeting back down? Yeah, so Thursday morning um, around market open, we did see um, a sell-off of GameStop and AMC and a couple others. And that happened because um, brokerage firms, um, not Ameritrade, but um, Robinhood and um, interactive brokers placed restrictions um, and disallowed buying um, briefly of these shares. And so we saw this sort of, um, it sort of induced this panic among among, um, investors, a lot of sell-off there. But since then, the messaging really from Wall Street bets, at least, is keep holding out, keep holding out, don't sell. Um, we have to continue this or this will be for nothing. They see it as like, you know, this is a long, this is the long game. Um, so the messaging among those investors really is encouraging each other to keep holding out um, because they they view as um they view it as having a bigger impact on Wall Street, on um, the market, um, if they stick it stick it out for the long term. Yeah, yeah if they hold on to the stocks. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, Kelly, thanks very much for the call. Let's go to Jim and Pinckney. Jim, 
What's on your mind? Hello. Hey. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh-huh. I am uh, was trading in 1986, 1987, foreign currency trader. Consider myself a centrally professional trader, though that's not my profession. And back then, when dentists and doctors were making a lot of money, professionals were disappointed. And then once professionals started making money on them, they were all for free markets and free trade. And I think that's a situation again here. You've got a populist movement that has disappointed some folks who mm-hmm. now are losing money. And so they want a change. But as soon as they're making money again, they want their free markets and free trade. And you can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really interesting perspective. And Jim, uh, I, I'm glad to hear f- from somebody who's been doing this uh, for a long time uh, about how all this affects you or how you see it uh, as well. Uh, Hannah, react to what Jim's saying. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jim, for, for sharing that perspective. I mean, I think that um, it's just something that will continue to watch. It does ebb and flow. And um, of course, that's just how I think we as a society work. If you're personally invested something beyond financially, you're going to, your perspective of, of it is going to change. Um, so I think it will be sort of interesting to see if this attitude uh, behind this um, sort of an um, act, activist um, investing will shift um, in the coming weeks as, as, as this develops, um, but something to look out for, for sure. Yeah. Okay, Hannah Denham of the Washington Post. It was really great to have you here with us for this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Stephen. We're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with Michael Lee, managing editor of Crane's Detroit Business, and his 18-year-old son, Gavin, who is one of the new investors who bought shares of GameStop last week. And we'll get to more of your calls. 313-577-1019 is the number. Call and let us know what you make of all this volatility around one stock and a group of investors who say we can do it just as well as the big institutional ones. Stay with us for more Detroit Today. Listening to Detroit today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We're talking this hour about this incredible surge of the stock of GameStop, a business that big institutional investors don't think very much of on Wall Street. A group of Reddit users, though, decided that they were all going to go buy that stock, and they have sent it uh, through the roof in terms of its price. And in the process have also really hurt the profits of those big investors who had shorted GameStop. We're talking about what all this means for not just the stock market, but for our economy and whether it marks a shift in the power balance. Does this mean that uh, that smaller investors, if they work together, uh, can have this kind of effect in many different ways on bigger investors. Uh, We were talking with Hannah Denham of the Washington Post, who has been covering this from a national perspective. Uh, I want to add two more voices to our conversation now on a local basis. Uh, Michael Lee is the managing editor of Crane's Detroit Business, and he wrote a piece in Crane's titled In the Game of Life, 
a GameStop moment, and that was about his conversations with his 18-year-old son, Gavin, who is one of the new investors who bought shares of GameStop. Uh, Michael and Gavin, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi there. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me, Stephen. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to start with you, Gavin. Why did you decide to buy shares in GameStop as part of this effort uh, to inflate prices for the stock? Well, for me, it was out of um, a personal faith for the Wall Street Bets group and also as an, an attempt to get back at the institutional investors that have been on Wall Street for years. And and tell me about this group and how you came to be to be part of it. Well, I've known of Wall Street Bets for, for multiple months. They show up on Reddit constantly on the front page um, with some of their bets and some of their stocks that they're, try- that they're trying to raise. I had never actually participated mm-hmm. in the Wall Street, Wall Street Bets group until this GameStop surge. But um, this time it was just out of a measure of faith and that I wanted to participate out of a measure of fun. And also, as I said before, to get back at these hedge funds and these these institutional investors. Yeah, were, were you someone who participated in the market though? I mean, had you been buying stocks before this? And this, no, this is my this first time first investing time. in the market. Wow, wow, that is really that is really fascinating. Uh, so, Mike, tell me what your first thought was when Gavin told you he was in on this GameStop uh, stock buying frenzy. You're managing cranes and and dealing with the coverage of it and you find out hey in my own home uh, i've got an example of this we we first we had our first conversation about it probably last tuesday um gavin mentioned to me at dinner gamestop is is you see what happened with gamestop today we have long talked about um the business of video games it's kind of a passion we both have and uh, he's he's followed those you know companies like Activision that make video games for a long time, and so this is a common conversation for us. And I'm like, no, I didn't see what happened with GameStop. What's going on with that? He's like, well, it, you know, it quadrupled in value today or something. I'm thinking about creating a Robinhood account and getting in on it. And I said, well, it, it might be a little late for that. <laughs> flash forward, flash forward about 24 hours later, I didn't think any more about it. I, uh, I get a text message from Gavin that says, I'm in the GME game now. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> um, so, and, and, you know, and then, then my next, I asked him how much, how much he paid. He said he paid $340 a share, and I kind of thought for a moment I have failed. But uh, <laughs> as, as a parent. That's like, too much. Um, he, he, yeah, <laughs> it is a lot. Exactly. He bought way too high. But, uh you know, since then it's been it's been amazing and and cool to watch just sort of the uh, the the excitement the excitement of this thing. Mm-hmm. I, I have never been able, but I've been a business journalist for more than twenty years. I've never been able to own individual stocks mm-hmm. because of conflict of interest rules. Mm-hmm. In case we have to cover a company, mm-hmm. um, I've always just had boring index funds. Um, so this gave me a little window into in, into that into that sort of retail hobbyist investor mindset, and uh, I, I mean, for me, honestly, it's been a whole lot of fun. Yeah. So, so Mike, I'm curious about your work, of course, as a journalist, which is to pay attention to these things and make sense of them for for readers. What's your reaction to to all of this? Not not just in terms of 
your, your individual sort of story and, and the story of your son, but but as a as a business story, I mean, this seems uh, not just remarkable, but uh, but unique in the in, it, in 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 the way that it's unfolded. Unique was the word I was just going to use. I've never seen anything like this. It, it's fascinating to me that. That uh, that uh, you know, a, a group of redditors can can influence the market in this way. That that you know, the market is not too big for that to happen. Now, I also think that you know, GameStop is a very very tiny corner of of of, of the financial markets. Um, uh, but it you know, if if it can be if if that company can be can be uh, can be manipulated, then any company can be. And you know, I I, I think the very interesting question is what's next. Um, and and I still I still don't know what the answer to that is. Are you worried about the volatility that this suggests is is possible, and that that it could end up hurting the very people who at this point are are, are benefiting? I mean, uh, the, we we don't know yet what the what the, what all the consequences will be, but it does seem that there is some real exposure for uh, for small investors uh, for people who work. For companies, for instance, and you know, rely on these companies for employment and and income. Uh, we just don't know what this will look like. No, and and you know, you know, with any with any sort of uh, investment bubble like this, that you know, there are people who will lose big. There will be there will be people who invested a massive amount of money when the stock was very high, and will probably get caught when it eventually comes back down to earth. Mm. Um, you know that's that, that's the that's the flip side of this coin, and you know we've seen bubbles before. We we've, we've seen you know we saw the internet bubble in two thousand. It's a different kind of thing, but um, it, it it's uh, it's the kind of thing where you know there are winners and losers, and you know the another another factor you're talking about pensions earlier. Well, many of the investors in these hedge funds, the people that pour money and give it over to the hedge fund managers to run, are pension funds. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where a lot of the money that's in those hedge funds to invest came from in the first place. So everything is interconnected, and it it, it can produce uh, unexpected results uh, that that I – Financial markets are so complicated; it's it's uh, and interconnected. It's very hard to predict what will happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gavin, I I wonder what your plans are for this stock. If you want to hold on to it uh, and and ride it out, or are you planning to to cash out? Well, the the entire idea behind the entire idea behind this whole thing is that if this group of predators, including me, holds the stock, then we can control the price. Yes. So I would I will plan on holding for now. And and when you say and I, that, and I will plan on urging him to sell if it bounces up. That, that is also true. Yes. <laughs> yes. He, he, he has, that, that is also true. Yes. Right. If you can make a bunch of money off of it, you might as well sell. But but when you say that the purpose of this is to control the price of the stock. That is not about individual investment. That is about the market and the relationship between the market and these big institutional investors. Am I right about that? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And so you're still thinking that, uh, that f- for you at least, 
a lot of this is about making a statement about the power that they have and and trying to reverse that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 and I guess that leads to another question, which is, so then what next? If, if you can do it with, with GameStop, is there a possibility at least that you would be interested in doing this uh, in, in another way? Is that something that the, the Redditors are, are, are talking about is, I guess, expanding uh, the example here? Right now, the, the focus is purely on GameStop, but we have seen with other stocks that are heavily shorted, such as AMC, that Wall Street bets can make a difference in these stocks. But currently, it's just GameStop yeah. and just AMC. That is the current plan. I don't know anything about any of the future plans of Wall Street bets, but we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gavin Lee, uh, I, I really appreciate you being here with us and, and talking about this. I'm going to let you go so we can take uh, some calls, but thanks very much for sharing with us. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Uh, let's go to Elena in Southwest Detroit. Elena, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Hey. just wanted to um, raise the um, thing that I haven't heard at all, and that's the effect of um, mergers, acquisitions, stocks, selling, trading on workers mm-hmm. and the people who create all wealth. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the um, changes that occur in the volatility of the markets, a lot of things happen that are good for Wall Street, that are really bad for people who lose their jobs, especially in an economy where so many people's jobs are tied to health care. Yeah. Yeah. And as you know, most developed countries have national health care plans, but we don't. So I just wanted to raise the human um, element in that, and that's that the people who are making all this wealth are not mentioned at all. Yeah. Uh, Elena, I really appreciate the call. And we have touched just a little on the idea of what would happen to workers at GameStop in particular, uh, you know, if this all comes crashing down and the business goes out of business, for instance, a lot of people would lose uh, their jobs. But but the point you raise, I think, uh, is even bigger in the sense that it's not just the workers uh, in these companies who, of course, are always vulnerable if the companies don't do well or if their stocks go uh, go south. But but these small investors as well. Uh, are, are people who are, you know, in some cases risking uh, risking what little money they have uh, in the market and could be really hurt if uh, this crashes down. And then, of course, among the institutional investors, a lot of them are holding money uh, that belongs to people who don't have any wealth, uh, you know, pensioners uh, and, and other people. So, I mean, there are a lot of different places where uh, – "Quote unquote ordinary people, not big investors, could get could get really hurt by this." Mike Lee, I wonder what you make of uh, of those possibilities. It's it's a really it's a really strong it's a really strong point, and it's an important thing not to forget about the uh, the. Uh, in this case, I think that, that that the likelihood that this 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 hurts employees is probably low. This is pro- actually for GameStop employees. This is probably good because if GameStop wants to raise some money to fix its, you know, to fix its business model, go into a different, you know, invest in a different business line, they can, they can issue stock and do that at a very, very high value. AMC did that to raise Mm -hmm. 
some cash to survive the pandemic um, after their stock rose so steeply last week. Yeah. Um, so, the, you know, it, 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 any one of these things has complicated effects. Um, and, and certainly the, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of financial engineering that happens in Wall Street or the world of private equity investing can ab- absolutely have have down, downstream effects uh, to to your average Joe or Jane. Um, yeah. it, it, it's sometimes that, the, you know, money is made on, on individual workers' backs. Right, right. Uh, again, Elena, thanks very much for the call. Let's go to James in uh, North Rosedale. James, yeah. what's on your mind? Thanks. Hi. Yeah, I, I know there's not a lot of time. I got a, uh, two questions. One, how do we create financial education for folks who who are seeing this and thinking it's a quick get, get <laughs> yeah, uh, right. rich quick scheme? Because yeah. a lot of people don't know what they're necessarily doing. I mean, I don't, so I didn't get in it. So how do we do that, especially for people in uh, lower-income minority communities? And then the second question is, if the long term is to change the market by holding stocks like GameStop. GameStop is not a great company. Right. So what happens after, you know, two years and you're holding the stock? Like, how does that work? And what happens when the company never actually becomes a good company? Right. Uh, James, great questions, uh, both of them. Mike Lee, let's start with this idea of making sure people understand the risks uh, before uh, they spend their money. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's a whole sector of the financial media that exists to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, the basic the basic rules of, of investing for the, for the average person are, 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 you know, pretty clear, and it doesn't involve investing in individual stocks like GameStop for the most part, um, especially not GameStop. Uh, you know, I think I have I have always thought that this this should you know not only be taught this basic you know kind of financial literacy should be taught in 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 school in high school um, as as a literal required class. Many schools do offer some experiences like this. You know, I had a general business class that touched on it when I was in school. But it, you know, it's usually it's usually a week or two and, and uh, I mean I think you could I think you could give people a, a whole year of economics and uh, and consumer finance that would you know, I think we'd have a, a lot more um, savvy investors, especially at a time, you know, we don't have pensions for the most part, anymore, uh, you, you, every you know everybody who, who who wants to retire is is to some extent you know managing managing the investments that right. will let them do that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think it's a it's a requirement that people understand it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, we don't have time really to answer the second question, which is what happens if GameStop does not become a good business. But my guess is that it uh, will. It won't, and that uh, eventually this will all come crashing down. Is that right, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Mike Lee, Managing Editor of Crane's Detroit Business, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Stephen. All right, that's going to do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.